we're going to do is we're, we're continuing on in, in this series on prayer. And we're looking at the Lord's Prayer. We, we've done this. Some of you are like, wait a second, it feels like deja vu. It should, because we, we did this last year um, and the year before. But last year, we, we used the Lord's Prayer as well. So we've talked through this uh, a couple different times. But I, I think that it, it, there's nothing wrong with uh, rep- repetition. Uh, the Apostle Paul even says that it's good for you. He says, I have no, no, no problem in repeating myself because it's of great value to you. Um, those of you, uh, because I don't, but those of you who have a hard head, uh, my wife's eyeballing me already. Pray for her. Um, <clears throat> we do. I know you need to all the time, right? But no, we have a hard head, so sometimes we need, we need prayer, or we need repetition, lots of prayer and repetition, but we need repetition to get things through, so that's, that's our, our thought here. Um, so if you're in um, Matthew chapter 6, to, to, to just brush real quick over to get us up to speed, last week I made this statement, and, and um, although you, you wanted to throw ice balls at me, snowballs or whatever, you, you didn't, uh, those are here, um, and, and please... Let's get this out. Uh, I, I said this last week. You weren't here. We tried to record this on, on FaceTime live or whatever. It didn't work. But one of the things that, that, that it sucks when somebody's not at church is the devil uses that against them because then they, he, he tries to make them feel well, guilty. Well, yeah, you really should have been at church. Well, wait a second. Doesn't, the, doesn't God say that? Well, yeah, but here's what happens is the devil knows what to do and what buttons to push. So if, if, you're, if you're like feeling guilty, well, I wasn't at church. I, hey, guilt is not of God. Conviction, on the other hand, if you just like looked outside, oh, it's bad, I ain't going. Conviction, on the other hand, that you got to deal with the Holy Spirit there. But if you feel guilty, don't, don't feel guilty. There was a lot of people who, who weren't here. So don't let the, the, the devil use that as a tool. Don't let him use that like, the, well, you, you really aren't a, a good Christian. Well, go back to hell. That's what you just tell him, all right, in, in those situations here. Um, that, that's a place. That's a place. I saw some of your faces. Well, we can't do say that. You know that, that that's true, right? So with that, take a breath. Let's dive in because I'm going to say the same statement I said last week. Too many Christians think that as long as they pray, that God will be pleased with them and answer their prayers. And, and, and the thought was that just, I'm a Christian, I pray, God's pleased, I get what I want. Well, doesn't that, isn't that what the Bible says? Well, No. Because we talked about if we don't have the proper mindset, and there is a, 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 a unique mindset in which we have to have, not unique like it's hard to come by, it's not that at all, but it's specific. And we talked about when we, when we pray, and we, there's some concepts in which we have to be, to be focusing on. We have to uh, have a sound mind. We need to be self-controlled. We need to be focusing on uh, God's name, God's kingdom, and God's will. Those are the three things we talked about last week. But that mindset is important. Because even Paul t- tells us that, that we need to be renewed and, and, and we need to be transformed by the renewal of our minds. So if anybody tells you that, that Christianity, Christianity is a mindless religion, um, they're ignorant because they've never read the Bible. It's easy to attack something you don't know, right? And that's, that, that's what, 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 what skeptics do, is they try to attack uh, uh, the, the Christian faith, thinking that, well, you just have to wander around blindly, and that's what God wants. No, 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 no. He makes statements that, 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 he, that says that I, I, I desire you to come to a full knowledge of me. 
So, so understand that there is a, a mental aspect. And when we're, we're, we entered into this, uh, this, uh, uh, the, the sermon last week, we talked about this mental aspect of prayer. Uh, we, we said this, and I, I quoted uh, from James chapter 3, that he, James says, you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. And, and, and that thought is like, there are Christians who pray and they're asking for the wrong things. What do you mean I'm asking for the wrong things? Well, it's because our mind isn't, isn't focused on what God wants. We're always focused on what we want. And, and what we need to under, understand is we have to have that, that, that developing of the mindset. All right, so when I say that, some of you are like, well, crap, I missed that. I'm not going to be able to understand everything today. No, no, no. What we're going to do today is I'm going to talk to tell you what to do with that mindset that we talked about last week. And even those who are here, you still need to get a grasp on this proper mindset. So it's almost as if, okay, I know this piece, and this week's going to be like, all right, I know this piece, and now I've got to figure out how to bring this stuff together. I'm not going to do that today for you. Well, you're a crappy pastor. Thank you. That means you have to think about this. I'm going to give you, this is the direction in which we have to go, and this is what we need to be thinking about. This is some things and steps and and preparations, but there is responsibility for God's people. I've had this conversation many times, but uh, recently a conversation that that has come up was, um, well, um, that that, uh, someone needs me to do something or someone needs an elder to do something, which you should. You should come to us. But you should understand also that my primary job, the primary job of the elders in this church is to equip the saints for ministry. I, I, always, I always like to, to correct people. They say, well, you're a minister. Well, kind of. Well, what do you mean kind of? Well, all of God's children are ministers. I just have the, the, the blessed, honored opportunity to equip those ministers for the work. So, so let that sink in for, for everybody here. I know that Kurt touched on it a little bit too, but we have the ability, all of us have the ability to come into the throne room of grace. Yes, we, we as elders want to take it a, a step further, and, and that's what he was stressing here. It's like we want to lead by example of showing you how to come in. That's why we want those prayer requests to come in to us. But understand that you all, as, as a child of God, you're a minister of God. So I want to equip you, and that's what I think, I, I believe that we do each week. Um, now the question is, are you taking that equipping and doing something with it? That's on you. So last week we discussed the, the, you know, how we, we're asking God rightly. This week, this is what we're going to do. This week I'm going to expound on connecting the mindset um, that we talked about, but, but um, connecting our mindset with the actions in our life. So actions, but also the reflections of our heart. All right. So we're going to be talking about a lot about heart stuff today, um, because uh, we can make requests of God in prayer. But when we make requests of God in prayer, we have to be continually examining those requests. It, it, it's not just a, a, a one-time thing. The, the condition of the heart matters. I, I love what, what Jeremiah seventeen nine says. It says that the heart is deceitful above all things. What do you mean? I'm not supposed to follow my heart? No, really you're not. Because your your heart will lead you astray. Now, 
You, if you are following Christ, and, 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 and uh, I love my favorite psalm is Psalm 37, uh, verse 4. It says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. If you're seeking after God, if you're seeking after the, the person of, of Jesus and you are in relationship with him, and I'm not just saying, yeah, I know him, but no, you're in an intimate relationship with him. Yes, he's going to stir your heart to do things. But if you're not connected to Christ, and then you have this feeling of, or this emotion of the heart, be wary. Because that, 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 that is probably going to lead you astray. We should always be focusing all of, the, all of our efforts, all of our, our, our concerns of, of life through what God has already told us. So, so when, we, when we talk about that, we need to understand that our heart matters. The condition of our heart matters. In the past, I've talked about the soil conditions. Not going to go there today because I want to stick into this text here in Matthew chapter 6. But if you're taking notes, here's the big idea. Big idea. Connecting the heart with the head so that our requests are faithfully communicated to the Lord in prayer. Connecting our heart with our head Okay, there's, there's a connection that, that, that needs to happen there so that our, our requests are faithfully communicated. I believe at the end of the day that everybody in here wants to be able to and wants effective prayer in their life. I mean, is, is there anybody that says they don't want to be effective in prayer? <laughs> I don't think that anybody would, would admit that. Some would be like, well, I don't really care. Well, if you don't really care about prayer, you're not a Christian. Don't, don't, again, don't, don't, don't throw anything at me. Just examine yourself. Paul says to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. If you don't, don't see the value in it, you don't understand who God is. You don't understand what He's done. You don't understand how we need to be dependent upon Him. That's, that's what I'm saying. I'm not trying to, to, to make anybody upset at me. If you're going to get upset, get upset at the Bible, because that's what it says. So when we look at this prayer, and, and enough with the, the introduction here. So, is it me or is it like really hot in here? I'm going to take my sweat off. No, no. I'm stopping with my sweatshirt. I'm already sweating through. So, oh. what's that? I don't stink. Jerk. Um, pray for this guy. No. So, so here's what I want to do. Let's look at, at uh, Matthew chapter 6. And when we look at Matthew chapter 6, I want to talk about, in reverse order here, uh, I want to, we're not going to get necessarily into the, the heart issues yet, but I want to talk about some, some requests that, that Jesus says that we should be asking. So we have three requests that we, we see here in the Lord's Prayer, and then we'll get into a, a little bit more um, of our uh, heart stuff. So uh, look at with me. So last week we, we talked about, um, uh, we started in verse 9, our, our Father in Heaven, which I finally got to listen to uh, Dan's message. He, he preached on that, and I think he did a, a fantastic job in explaining our relationship, not only um, with our Father, and not only the, the, the magnitude of, of that relationship, but also with, with one another. So our Father, and it's not art. There's no art. My dad's name's not art. Some of you, you King Jamesers got you get that. Our Father who art in heaven. Goodness gracious, anywho. Um, 
Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we talked last week, your name, your kingdom, your will. And that's how, when we focus, we need to keep those three things in mind. When we're in prayer, we need to not necessarily pray through this list, but keep God's name, God's kingdom, God's will in mind as we're praying to Him. It goes on here to say in verse 11, this is where we're going to see our first of the three requests. Give us this day our daily bread. Now, when, we at, when, when Jesus is saying, give us this day our daily bread, what he is, he is communicating is we should go to the Father with our needs for today. We need to go to the Father with our needs. Now, some would say, well, He already knows what we need. You are absolutely right, because it does say that in verses uh, 7 and 8. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Well, why in the world do I need to go and ask God for something if He already knows it? Because Jesus says, when you pray. And another very good indication of our need to pray is that Jesus prayed. And He's our example. So why do we go to our Father here and ask Him to give us our daily bread? Well, because sometimes what we need to do is the words need to come out of our mouth for us to understand that it's not all up to us. Prayer is dependency upon God. And when we're asking God to sustain us for that day, we're, making, we're audibly saying what we're feeling inside. Feelings are not bad, but we're audibly saying this. If, the, if the, the conviction is there, if the belief is truly there, now a lot of people say a lot of things they don't believe. And I would, 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 would um, be a, a, an opponent against you know, just saying words. But, but I'm a proponent for, for saying what you mean and meaning what you say. Choose your words wisely, because if you don't choose your words wisely, what happens is that you, you just start rambling on, and like it says here, you have empty words. But, but when we ask the Father... And our words are coming from our heart. God, I need this today. He knows that. He knows that you know that. But there is a battle that goes on all around us in the spiritual realm that does not or cannot read your mind. So when we pray out loud, it, it, we, are, we are praying that there are those around us that, and I'm saying the, 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 spiritual, the spiritual realm, but not only that, but even in the physical realm, if, if, if when you open your mouth and you, and you pray, your prayers can be heard then. I, I, I have, the, the, this, this is a, a rabbit trail, but it is what it is. I have a big problem when people come to me and they're upset with me because I didn't do this or I didn't do that when they never came to me and told me what was going on. I cannot, I mean, that, that, it, it's, it's a double-edged sword here because it, it hurts me because, one, they did not tell me, but it also hurts me because they're hurting because I didn't do anything. I, I, I don't understand how we can think, like, if I, one, I put it on Facebook. I'm, again, I'm not, I'm not against Facebook. Sometimes faith, Facebook's a good thing. Like, Bobby was being hard-headed this week, and his wife asked for prayers for Bobby. So... Well, if, if she didn't do that, I wouldn't have known that he, was, he needed some help, right? Well, more help than normal. Um, <laughs> but, but what I'm saying, though, is if we don't make things known, 
How in the world can we get upset? How can you get upset with me if I don't know something? Like, my, my wife, I love her to death. Sometimes she has conversation, arguments about me in her head and she never tells me about but she gets mad at me about them. No other woman in here does that. No other man does that, right? I love you. It's confession time, baby. But if I don't know, I mean, then, then I ask her, like, how am I supposed to, to respond to that? Because I didn't even know I was in trouble. And then she responds, you're always in trouble. Well, that's true. That is very, very, very true. So sometimes I just look at her and say, I'm sorry. I just say, I'm sorry. What, what are you sorry for? Whatever I'm about to do. So, no, but, but understand that, that, that prayer, that yes, God knows what we're going to pray, but that does not negate the fact that we need to pray. Here's another thing, when we're asking for um, our, our, our daily bread, what we don't need to do is be anxious about it. This is a hard one because people are like, well, I need to ask God for this. Yes, there's a calm way to do this. Remember, He already knows. I, I love what it, what it says in just a little bit further down um, in, in chapter 6 here. It talks about um, uh, not being anxious about your life and, and what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, what's going to happen. In verse 31 of chapter 6, it says this, Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? As long as it's something, please, wear something to church, right? Um, For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. What am I saying? Don't, we don't need to be, to be anxious, to be worrisome about what it is that we need. God knows what we need. The problem is the devil th- makes us think that we need more than we actually really do need. Those are not needs, those are greeds. We, he, he, here, here's another thing that I think is important for us all to understand. Um, you are not going to live in a perfect world. You are not ever going to obtain the perfect life, this side of glory. Well, we have this idea that like, if I just get this and if I can just accomplish this and if I just go here, if I see that, no, 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 no. None of that. Even when you attain what you think it is that you want or you need, God is already there and already knows that no, this is not what you need. You need me. So, so we live in a, in a society that is always coming up with the new, next, greatest, best thing as if we need this so my life can be fulfilled. And I think that we've been continually bombarded with this thought that you're, you're, you're not complete. You're not complete if you, have, if you don't have the newest iPhone. You're not complete if your kid doesn't uh, graduate in the, the top of their class. You're not complete if... The, whatever. whatever. You, can, you can fill in, in, in anything with that. That's a lie. Because the, the, the fact of the matter is that the only one, the only thing that can complete you is God Himself. So we need, that's how we can not be anxious about things. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't be concerned about things. A concern is a, is a faithful, godly way of mo- being motivated towards doing something for Him. It's not going, oh my goodness, if this happens, God's not going to know what to do. 
We laugh, but, but I know a lot of you sit there and think that if, this, if I don't do this, oh no, the, the world's going to fall off its axis. It's not going to happen. God's still in control. So don't be anxious. I love this. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11, he expounds, Jesus that is, expounds on this whole thing about asking God and Him knowing our needs. He says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be open. Or which one of you, if he has a son, asks him for bread, or if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone. Or if he asks him for a fish, will give him a serpent. If you then, who are evil, well, I'm not evil. If you then who have sinned, let's put it that way. Well, I haven't sinned. Yes, you have. You're doing it right now. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? God knows what we need. And He says for us to ask Him. Ask Him according to His name. Ask Him according to His kingdom. Ask Him according to His will. The second request here. i got to move quickly here. The second request here we see in in Matthew chapter 6, it says, verse 12, And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Now, when it says debts, uh, some translations will say trespasses, some will say sins, some will say... There there are other words here that can be put in for debts. It all means the same things. It, It means sin. It's talking, about, it's talking about sin here. Failure uh, here, uh, when we're talking about our past failures, so or our, our second request that we can make known to God is about our past failures. And the way in which we uh, address our past failures here, it says to forgive us our debts. God, forgive us our debts. We're talking about um, our uh, uh, connection, our fellowship with God. We need to be restored in fellowship with you, God. But how, look how it also goes on to say, with others. And I love how, how Dan painted this picture for us a few weeks ago. It's not just um, our, our restoration with God. Yes, it is important, but it's our, our restored fellowship with others a, a, as well. He says, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Notice it's saying that we're forgiving the debtors, not their debts. Because sometimes we, get, we, ha- we take the, the position like that I've got, I have the power to, power to forgive sins. No, you don't have the power to forgive sins. Only God can forgive sins, but we can forgive that, that in which has happened uh, against us. Is the sin still going to be dealt with? Yes, but that's up to God. We'll talk more about that in a second here. What we see here, though, is there's a clear implication that you are to forgive. So if we're going to ask God for forgiveness from our, our, our past sins, it says here that, that not only are we asking Him to forgive us our, our, our sins, our debts, we're also to forgive others. The third one, and yes, I, I went through that really quick, but I'm coming back. I'll circle back around. The third request here that we're to make known and it is found in, in the Lord's Prayer 
Verse 13, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, when that is said, understand this. What is being talked about there is our future decisions. Some will say, well, wait a second, it says about leading into temptation. Well, the Bible is very clear that God tempts no one. So we can't say, well, God's tempting me to do this. God's tempting me to do that. No, it's impossible. Well, why does it say that? What that means, and let me do a little bit of interpretation and exegesis here for you. What this is explaining here is it's explaining our acknowledgement of desperate dependency upon God to lead us in victory. So we're, he, he is, is, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Some say deliver us from the evil one. All right? It's saying that, God, you're leading us. And, and Jesus is, is making it clear. He's communicating to, to us that, that we need to pray this because we have a tendency to fall to our weaknesses. So God, amidst the weaknesses that I have, lead me in victory. My total dependency is upon you. You are guiding my steps. You are guiding my life here. This is saying, this is where the future, this decision makes, because we're all going to have to face decisions. Everybody has decisions in which you have to make, right? And we should pray about those decisions. Because we want to be guided in the way in which God wants us to go, right? I think that as we see this, what we need to do is when we're saying, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, is like, I know that I'm going to face some, some decisions in my life, and I know that the evil one wants to, to uh, push me off track or d- d- distract me away from what is good. So God, guide me, lead me, so that when I face these times, I can be delivered from those times. Now, now, when I say that, here, here's a crazy, crazy thing. Sometimes God deliver us, delivers us from a situation. But sometimes God delivers us through a situation. Sometimes we have to walk through the fire. Sometimes we have to walk through the valley. But it doesn't mean we're doing it alone. He's going to deliver us through that. But there are some times that we are delivered from a situation. That we don't have to endure a certain situation. But that's not up to you. It's up to you and I to be faithful to God and saying, All right, lead me into temptation, but deliver us from evil. God, I want to follow you, and wherever you go, I'm going to go. If that means I have to endure this, I have to endure it, but I know that I'm not enduring it alone. Well, how do I know that? Because it says, our Father. Some of, us, some of you might not have had the best father growing up, and when you talk about father, you have this bad image of your earthly father. Well, think about all of those, and I, maybe this is a bad, uh, a bad exercise for you, so forgive me, but think about all those bad things that you, you, that, that you, or the areas in which your earthly father lacked and understand that God fulfills all of those bad areas over and over and over, more than you can even imagine with His abundance and His love. And our Father isn't going to let us be lonely in the time of greatest desperation. 
So when we, when we talk about that, we, we look at this, we, we say, okay, there are requests in which need to be made. There are requests that we see in the Lord's Prayer, that we are to uh, pray about our present situations, things that, that we are encountering today, God, our, our needs right now. But we're also to, to, to pray about um, the things that have happened in the, in the past, asking forgiveness in, in, in these areas. And then we're to pray for the future decisions in which we are able to, or we will make. As I was going through this, and this is uh, something I... I I don't know, maybe you guys will think it's kind of geeky or whatever, but I, I think this was a time that um, God really spoke to me during the, the, this, this preparation for, for, you know, in this text. Because I, I was looking at that, and I'm looking at... Because when, when I first wrote this, it was... Um, and I think last year, when we, when we went through it, we went to past, present, future in our, in our requests and everything. But when I, when I was... Going through it this year, I'm like, it's not written that way. It's written present, past, and future. I'm like, man, what, what, is, what is going on here? So I asked this question. What stands between our present situation and our future decisions? Our past sins. Think, just think about that for, for a second. The way in which you, you encounter the, the, the now and you respond to the now, and the way in which you're going to respond to the, 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 the future is, is, is influenced by the sins of your past. Are, are, we, are we freed from the bondage of sin if we're, we're, our faith is in Jesus Christ by the shed blood? Absolutely. But what we have to understand is, is that our past sins still have some type of effect. Why do they? It's because you let them. Uh, here, look at, look at this. And this is, this is where the heart comes in. This is, this is the heart issue I really wanted to, wanted to press in on today. So that, those first 30 minutes, that was all introduction. So maybe it will be an hour and a half today. I don't know. Whatever. Just playing. i got a roast on. Get a crock pot. Um, so, but, but think about this. So, I, I mean, this is, this is where the, 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 the status of our heart or, or the, 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 um, uh, the issue of the heart really comes into play. Because I think that, that, that people want to be effective in the now, but they also want to be effective in the future. But they're like, I can't be effective because I'm ineffective because of my past. It's a hard issue. Jesus, is, Jesus addresses the status of your heart. He addresses the status of my heart as being an important factor in the effectiveness of your prayer requests. Let me read that one more time. I, I wrote it down so I didn't mess it up. Jesus addresses the status of your heart as being an important factor in the effectiveness of your prayer requests. So those prayer requests that we talked about, the status of the heart matters. Well, why, why, can, why do you say that, Lee? Because that's what Jesus says here. Look at verse 14 and 15 of chapter 6 here in Matthew. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others your trespasses, their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Now, I love the way in which Dan um, pulled this all apart, and he said, no matter which translation of the Bible you read, it all has the same, the, the, the same uh, emphasis, the same words, the same meaning. 
What is said is said. And it says here clearly, if you don't forgive, you will not be forgiven. That is a huge pill to swallow. But what I love about this is that first word in verse 14, for. It's, it's the Greek word gar, but what it means, it, 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 it's, kind of, it's telling you that, that what is being said is dependent upon what happened or what already has been said. There's a reason for this next statement. So what was said before this is Jesus gave us this model of prayer. So if Jesus gave us this model of prayer and then he talks about forgiveness here, he says essentially what he is communicating here is that your heart matters when you pray. And if your heart isn't in it, then your, your, your prayer requests are bouncing off the ceiling. They're not penetrating. When, when he says, for, it, for, for if you forgive others their trespasses, again, this is, this is sin. These are talking about sins. Everybody in here has had someone sin against you. Everyone in here has sinned against someone else. For if you forgive... Notice another little word in there, if. For if you forgive your trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. If you do. If you do. So there's a dependent clause in here, right? There's a cause and effect. If you do this, this is what will happen. Right? If I punch Bobby in the nose, he will cry. (laughs) He's already starting to tear up, but now he's just thinking about it. If I take off running into that wall, my knee's not going to be the only thing that hurts. Right? No. Man. See, that, that whole loving father thing is... Yeah. Um, I love you, Dad. Work in progress, right? Here it says, if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you also. But here's what I want to, want to press in on. Because someone, someone will say, well, yeah, but God forgives us no matter what. What is being said here? Jesus is talking to the issue of the heart, the matter of the heart. Why is forgiveness so important? Because I'll tell you this. If you don't forgive, you do not understand the message of the gospel. Now, again, I'm not trying to make people like, well, I've got to question my salvation. I, 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 here's the deal. Can you trust Jesus? Yes. Are you saved? Yes. But there are different, uh, uh, um, there's a progression in your, in your walk with Christ. We all started out as infants, and we're to grow in our walk with Christ. But what we have to understand is the message of the gospel is paramount to the salvation of our souls. And the ultimate the ultimate message of the, go- of the gospel is a forgiveness of sin. So, so, so think about this. If you don't forgive, I'm going to say that you do not understand the message of the gospel. Because Christ died, He shed His blood so that our sins can be forgiven. Now, when I say this, I, I, I love what, what Colossians 3.13 says. Hold your finger here, but go to the right a little bit. Into the, the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 3. 
verse 13. If you don't already, you should have this. This is one of those verses you need to highlight. It starts in 13 where it says, Bearing with one another, and if any, or if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. But it doesn't just stop there. And this is the part that I, I love. Forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, you, so you also must forgive. What in the world does that mean? As the Lord has forgiven you, you are to forgive. Yeah, but you, 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 there, there has to be a dependent. There has to be like a, a disclosure there. Because you don't know what, what, what he's done to me. Or you don't know what she's, she's done. You're right, I don't. But God does. And, and the Bible is his words being breathed out. It says that we are to forgive as He has forgiven, as the Lord has forgiven. Sometimes that is beyond our capability. Our capability. But, but know this, if God says to do something, it, understand that He has given us the ability to do it. We might not be capable of doing it, but the Holy Spirit through us is capable of doing that. When it says to forgive as Christ has forgiven, I, 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 I love this because that's what took place. I, I love what I think it's in Romans chapter 5 where it says that, that God shows his love in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While you were the nastiest, ugliest, dirtiest enemy of God, what did he do? He shed His blood to forgive you of your sins. So when we look at this, it says, if you forgive others their trespasses, your Heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you don't forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Forgiving does not mean forgetting. There, there is a, a, a bad saying, kind of like the, the saying that clean, cleanliness is next to godliness. It's not in the Bible. Is it a good saying? Yeah, it's good, but it's not in the Bible. I think Benjamin Franklin said that or something. But forgiveness does not mean forgetting. You, you, this, this crazy concept that forgive and forget. Forgive and forget. Well, the fact of the matter is, you're not God, so you cannot forgive and forget. Only God, now, now hear me when I say this, it's not as if God forgives you and then He forgets that He has forgiven you for that sin. God chooses no longer to hold the debt of that sin that has been paid for you over your head. That's what it means when, it, when, when God says that He's taken our sin and cast them as far as the east is from the west. He no longer holds you under that penalty. He no longer has His foot on your neck because of the sin in which you committed. And I love this picture because I, as I, I'm defining what forgiveness means, I, 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 I termed it. This is, this is my, maybe it's a working definition. But forgiveness means to loose the demands of payment or retribution towards someone for what they have done. 
You're, you're loosing them. If when you truly forgive someone, you're loosing them from the, I deserve to be paid back, or you deserve this. When you forgive someone, yes, you know what? They may have hurt you, and you may be scarred. That's why you, you may not be able to forget it. But you are no longer standing there with your foot on their throat, holding them as if you are the judge. Now, for some, that is going to be the most difficult thing to do because the one that you're not forgiving is yourself. I, 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 I know that this is hard for, for, for some because, wait, wait, I can forgive everybody, but man, I can't forgive myself for doing X, Y, Z. I, I, I love the fact that, that, that what John says in 1 John 1.9, in 1 John 1, 9, because here's the deal, when, when people say, I cannot forgive what I have done, he says this, if we, can, if we confess our sins, so, so there's an action that has to take place there, he, God, is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. So, so right there, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. If we cannot forgive ourselves what we are saying or, or someone else, if we can't forgive someone else or, or we cannot forgive ourselves, what we are saying is, move over, God, I'm on the throne. I know that you forgave them, but you don't really know what's going on. I haven't forgiven them. Or, God, I can't forgive me. You take the martyr role. I did something so bad, God, you, I, I, just can't, I can't forgive myself for doing that. You're not God. It says, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Now, look what it says when it, when it, go, it continues on. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is where I, I think that it helps tie the forgiveness and the heart issues together for us to, to see a, a, a complete package. Because when Jesus is saying that he's saying this prayer, telling us to pray this, and he tells us to, to, to make these requests and we're to have this kind of mindset, he says that all is about a condition of the heart. And the reason it's about a condition of the heart is because our heart is deceitful above all things. And, and sin is just continually bombarding us. And, and we make stupid decisions a lot of the time, or we've made stupid decisions and we can't get past them. Here we understand that, that God, if we confess our sins he, he is faithful and just to forgive us of, the, of those sins but I, I love it just doesn't stop there as if that's not enough but because I, I, I believe as we, we, we look at, at the Lord's Prayer and we look at this text here in 1 John what we see here that forgiveness is the beginning of the process so if our heart is going to be in, in a condition in which we are to pray effective prayers and that, that, so our heart is not to be hindered. We have to forgive because what does that do? One, it, it, it starts to purge out. And that's what it means to cleanse. That, 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 that word in the Greek means to purge out. So it says we're to it, it, look at it like this, to purge out all unrighteousness. To cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Forgiveness has to take place so that evil... So that bitterness that you're holding on to. And here's the deal. You have, so, some people have the, the, this, this bitterness pill that they, they've, they've, they've swallowed and they're bitter towards someone because somebody's done something or whatever. 
It's insanity because it's almost as if you're drinking poison and want someone else to, to uh, have the effects of that poison. All that, 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 that bitterness is doing is poisoning your heart. And when our heart is poisoned and our, our heart isn't where it, it, it should be, we don't give forgiveness as we've been given forgiveness. We're throwing up a bunch of, of Hail Mary passes and they're not hitting anything because our hearts aren't right. And this is what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, I'm going to give you the perfect model for prayer. It's a model, it's a guideline for, for prayer. But none of this really matters if your heart ain't in it. And this is a connection, I, I believe, that we have to have this mindset that we're, we're focusing on, on, on God's name, we're focusing on God's kingdom, we're focusing on God's will. It's here in the head. And it's a good thing. We should have the head working. But also, what we need to do is we need to connect this thought and, and this mindset in which we can have and which He gives, and when we're faithful, we, we need to connect this mindset by what's going on in the heart. Think of it like this. If we, if we have the, the proper perspective in prayer, and we're focusing on what God wants and everything, we think we are, but if our heart's still harboring bitterness in our, inside, what's going to happen to our our, our, our mindset. It's going to be cloudy. It's going to get corrupt. What we have to do is we have to take seriously the conditions of our hearts. So when we, when we look at this, I, I, I love, I, I read this, but one guy wrote this. He said, A readiness to forgive others is part of the indication that we have truly repented. Moreover, it is to be wholeheartedly. It springs from Christ's forgiveness of us. And it is to be like Christ's forgiveness. And he quotes Colossians 3.13. And as the Lord has forgiven you, you must also forgive. I'm not saying that forgiveness is an easy thing to do. But forgiveness is an essential thing to do for having an effective prayer life. I think that everyone in here truly wants to have an effective prayer life. So if we're going to connect our head with our heart, or our heart with our head, however you want to look at that, so that our requests are faithfully communicated to the Lord, we need to understand that we need to give and receive forgiveness. I don't know who it is that you have to forgive. I, I, I'm sure you have someone, as I'm talking about this, that they're, they're running around in, in, in your mind. They might even be heckling you, whatever, that you're thinking about, man, I, I can't forgive so-and-so. Or maybe you are the person that's sitting here like, man, I can't forgive myself. Let the truth of 1 John 1.9 penetrate your heart. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And then understand that's just the beginning. So that the, the, the evilness, the, 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 the hurt too. It says all unrighteousness. That unrighteousness includes that hurt that, that, that has been dealt upon you from people or yourself or whatever. 
It says that so all that we could be purged of all unrighteousness. I, I love what the Martin Luther says. Not Junior, not not Martin Luther King Junior, which he said a good thing, a lot of good things too. But the original, what do they call that? The o, OG, the OG, the original gangster, Martin Luther, right? He said the Christian life should be a, is to be a life of repentance, constant repentance. Constantly saying, God, I'm identifying a sin. I want to ask for forgiveness. Or God, let me forgive. Help me forgive so-and-so. So that the evilness inside of me can be purged out. So I can be transformed more into the image of your son. So that I can walk, and like we talked last week, so I can walk as an ambassador for Christ. And as I walk as an ambassador for Christ, I can encourage people to enter into the throne room with confidence to receive grace and mercy in time of need. Let's pray. Father God, we, uh, we thank you. Uh, God, I, I, uh, I, I know that we went over a lot. But I, I, I think that at, the, at the, the end of this, we can see how vitally important the condition of our heart is. Uh, I, uh, David, I think, who wrote it. But David, one of the psalmists writes, Create in me a clean heart, O Lord. Renew a right spirit within me. God, I, I, I pray that, that, that we can just uh, hear what it is that you're saying to us. God, that we can understand that our responsibility in all of this is important. It, it's not just like, ah, if I want to, No. Our dependency upon you is shown in prayer. And to have effective prayers, we have to understand that it's a condition of the heart. If we're going to do something about the condition of our heart, we have to model after what you have done. And we have to understand what forgiveness is. And we have to understand that forgiveness is something that, that, that is possible through what you have already done. So God, I, I know that there's someone here. No, there's someones. There are multiple people here that are thinking that, man, I, I need to forgive so-and-so, or I need to forgive myself. God, stir in them the strength to do this. And God, so, so they can um, have that, that, uh, uh, that, that understanding or that, 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 that work that, that needs to happen where, where, wow, if I step back and look at my life, look at all the evilness that's in my life or the nastiness that I need to get rid of. Well, I ain't going to be able to get rid of this, but forgiveness is going to uh, take root and then it's going to purge out, push out the nastiness. So God, give us the power the strength to do that. Lord, as we have uh, um, asked for uh, requests, prayer requests from, from the people for the elders, God, I, I pray that you give um, boldness and confidence in, in that, security in that. That they can share their, 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 their secrets. I know that there's someone here that, 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 that has a secret they have never told anyone that they want help with, but they're like, well, if I say this, then you know, they're going to look at me funny, and I'm just, I'll just keep it to myself. No, because that's just that evilness that is just being fostered, and, and it's, just, it, it's cancer inside the heart. So God, let us just be an open book to you. God, as elders, let us be wise in what it is that we're doing. Lord, let us lead your sheep. God, let all of us as your body here...
take a, a moment to, to, to reflect on our souls and to reflect like, okay, what's going on? What do I need to do? Because at the end of the day, we want to be able to, uh, we want to be able to sing this next song and mean it. So God, I, I pray that, that, that you just work amongst us. I pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Let's